listening to the voice of Howard Stern. Hello, you rotten little bloodsucker. This is Alice Cooper. Hey, this is Justin from NSYNC. This is Rodney Dangerfield. Uh, hey, baby. Hellers the king. Oh. Hi, this is Jack. Just back up from the border for a short visit. You know what I'm talking about, pal? Hi there, and welcome to another edition of The Horse's Mouth. You're in The Horse's Mouth, and my name is John Teague. Um, so, I don't have anyone to interview. And um, so, I thought I'd just tell a story of something that happened to me uh, when I was winding up after living in America for seven years. Um, anyway, I'll get to that. I just want to say, I hope you're all faring well out there. Um, I, I wasn't, I honestly, I wasn't, and uh, I won't lie, I, 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 I watched way too much, um, way, way, way too much of the news, and, uh, and all the websites, and all the numbers, and all the graphs, and all the websites, and all the newses, and, and all the commentary, and uh, my head was fucking full, and I, I had to stop. Now, if you're struggling out there and that's what you're doing, um, you know, I would say pull back uh, because we all know now, we all know what to do for the moment. Um, you know, it's not like we're in it now. So we all know. So if you're still obsessing and it's hurting your head, stop and put your head into something else. Um, don't isolate too heavy. But anyway, so I didn't want to crap on about that and I'm not going to. So... Um, before I came home, I'd been in the States for the best part of seven years, maybe more. I, you know, I'm so shit at time, but uh, no, it was more. Uh, but anyway, that's really beside the point. Um, and I remember I was driving to work one day and uh, I was living in Los Feliz in LA and uh, driving to Manhattan Beach where I was working for a production um, company and I was sort of doing I don't know a bit of an internship there and uh, you know a string of circumstances had had me work there and it was a great opportunity to learn about I suppose the business side of of filmmaking and how to put a film together and and everyone that worked there was awesome um, but doing that drive to Manhattan Beach the Raleigh Studios every day from there was it was a fucking drain man I think that's what killed me and I just remember one day driving and I was just like, I just was like, I can't fucking spend my life in traffic. And I didn't want to live in Manhattan Beach because then I wouldn't, you know, I'd just be isolated down there and I didn't want to just live, you know, and you don't get the full LA experience. And I was like, you know what, I've been here long enough, I'm going home. And that was pretty big because for a while there I was resigned that I, I wasn't coming home. So, you know, that little moment right there was, um, was was yeah it was it was a, it was a full epiphany an epiphany i suppose yeah and I, and I was happy with the decision once i made it right there i was like i'm gonna sell up all my shit and we had already organized to have a family christmas down in mexico so and that was like in a fair few months i can't remember two months yeah maybe and i, I was thinking well i'll just go down to mexico and wait for christmas and um so yeah i hatched this plan and i I told my boss where my head was at and he was like, dude, I get it. You know, like uh, I was working for fuck all money and um, I think we'd just fallen through on another film deal and I just was like, I, I just, I, I don't want to go home and rebuild my own career and my own life. So, uh, and he was like, I get it. And so, um, 
so and at the time I was doing a, a course, uh, you know, I, I thought, yeah, I want to have a crack at comedy, um, and and I. I I'd always wanted to do the comedy thing. So around that time, I was doing this course and uh, and I was learning how to write for comedy and blah, blah, blah. And at the end of the course, they gave us, um, they put a gig together for us and uh, we got to get on stage and do it. If you want to check it out, it's on YouTube. Just type in John Teague Stand Up. It comes up straight away. There's a self-plug. But uh, I'm pretty happy with how my attempt there went. Um, when I came back to Melbourne and kept going with it all, fucking drain man the comedy game if you're a comedian and and you go out there and to crack into that that is a really tough gig um and 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 i tell you what's tougher and every comedian goes through it i know that but i, I was going quite well i would say i think i did okay at it for a little while and then one night i had this night where i told this story and i thought it was a pretty funny story and i just got crickets crickets and it was just like staring into lights and couldn't see the faces of the people. And it was like only you up there on stage. It was oh, fucking, it was like, I felt pretty soul destroyed. It's like, this is a really good, funny story. And <laughs> they just obviously, uh, luckily someone had told me before, this is always a hard room and a hard crowd. But obviously, um, yeah, anyway, so that, back to it. So, um, I was like, all right, what are my commitments here in LA? I got to sell all my shit, find someone to move into my uh, the place that I was living at in LA, and um, and then I had to to do the 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 night stand up, uh, and then so what I did is I booked my plane ticket the next morning to fly to fly down to the middle of Mexico because there's this there's this wave down there that a few of my friends had told me about, and it just sounded amazing. Like, I was just like, I want to have that experience. Um, and, and you know, it was a left-hand point break in the middle of nowhere, not commercialized, and um, and it just sounded epic. Sit in a hammock, eat great food, and just surf, and live super cheaply. And, um, and I was like, that's me. So I booked my ticket down there, and my friends in Huntington Beach that had told me about it, and this other friend of mine... Um, their contact down there that they gave me just wasn't i couldn't get him to return my calls or anything and i was like you know i've just got to, i was a bit worried because i was like yeah this is a place i've never been and i ha don't have any point of reference and i don't really know how to get to this place other than fly to this airport that's closest and then wing it but i was hoping to get this guide that would usually pick the, my friends up and take them to this place and that was what i was hoping for but so I was like, all right, well, I'll do the night stand up and then um, then the next day I'll fly down there and I'll, I'll, I'll surf for a couple of months and then go and meet my family north of there for Christmas. Um, that sounds like a pretty good trajectory. And, uh, and so did the night uh, and then got on the plane the next day, all packed up and sold all my shit and, uh, and any stuff that I was keeping, I'd put in a friend of mine's storage and... Uh, so I flew down to this airport and I was winging it. Like I just didn't know anything, you know, just cowboy style. I didn't do my homework at all. And I uh, got to the airport, landed. I was just, you know, so stoked, palmed, you know, like jungle-esque, you know, along the uh, airport runway. And um, it was warm. You know, it was just, it's always good vibes when you land somewhere like that. You know, you know, you're stepping back a bit and 
So I was stoked. And so anyway, I uh, get the baggage claim. I get my boards. I got my board bag. I got four boards in it. Uh, I got clothes. I got everything I need for, you know, a good a good couple of months down in Mexico. And um, and so then when I get, I think, well, maybe I could rent a car. And uh, as I was sort of cruising through the terminal, I, uh, it was really small. It was small. And I could see outside. I could see there was military. And I was like, that's funny. There's military down here. Like, eh, no, no biggie. I've been stopped in Mexico before by military. They, they've got a presence. And that's no big deal. Um, so then uh, I go to the car rental place and I ask them how much to rent a car. And I was like, well, if I rent it, then how am I going to get it back? And I don't really know where I'm going. And I, so I said to the lady, do you know where uh, this this place is? And she was like, never heard of it. And I was thinking, well, that's a bit odd. Uh, <laughs> I was really hoping she was going to say yes. And it's just not far from here. And this is how you get there. But she said, never heard of it. And I was like, are you sure you've never heard of it? And repeated again, no, nah, I've never heard of it. And so then uh, I cruised around and I started asking all, like anyone in the airport that had like a half um authoritative kind of look about them that worked in a store or or, or in the airport i was asking him do you know about this place and they were all like no <laughs> and um so strangely i i got talking to this american couple who were in the airport and they were leaving and um they told me that they had a house in the town that i was there and um and that they would ask their dr- their driver if he knew he didn't know either and um, and then outside, somehow I bumped into a cab driver and he knew. And he was like, yeah, it's four and a half hours north of here. And I'd Googled Maps this and I was like, mm, no, nah, it doesn't sound right. It's about two hours by Google Maps, I'm pretty sure. And uh, anyway, so this dude was uh, going, no, 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 it's four and a half. And I was like, are you sure? And he's like, yeah, but I can't actually... There was some something really weird where the taxi couldn't pick me up in the um, in the airport, and so I had to get in the car. Of anyway, I, I agreed with this taxi driver. Yeah, I've got you know I've got no other plan here. I'm going to need you to drive me. So the people, the American couple, um, that they had a driver, and he put me in his car and drove me outside the um, the terminal before the taxi driver could pick me up. And I don't really know the ins and outs of why he couldn't just take me straight from inside the airport. But uh, there was a military checkpoint at the coming in and out and they wanted to know, and maybe it was something to do with that. Well, there is more to this. but um, So anyway, then I get in this guy's car and I'm just thinking this is all odd i'm driving out of the airport in someone's car that i don't know and then i'm going to get into a random cab and this guy reckons he's going to drive me four and a half hours and i was thinking this is it's off to a hell of a start but anyway um i i know in mexico you don't really want to travel at night and it was the plane landed in the afternoon and i was doing doing my calculations and i'm like four and a half hours uh that's going to be getting close to to, to, to dusk so i was thinking uh yeah better get it better get a, a hop on here um so anyway i get in there the, the, it all went fine now that part wasn't no, it was no dramas and I, I swapped the car uh get into the taxi and it's a 
It's a four-door sedan, little beat-up piece of shit, and um, drops the back seats and shoves my board bag through. So it was protruding up against the um, passenger rear of the passenger. It only just fit, but it was it fit and then my bag and so then off we went and i was in this cab with this guy and i'd organized to pay him i don't know how much money i can't remember what we agreed on but uh yeah to drive me to this surf spot that was four and a half north of the air four and a half hours north of the airport and um so anyway we're, we're cruising along and he's like why do you want to go here so badly and he's fucking shitty English and, and my bad Espanol, you know, we were struggling to get it together. And, um, but he kept saying, why do you want specifically want to go to this place? And like, I just had this romantic picture in my mind of what, what this place was like. And I was like, I've got to, I'm going there. And he kept trying to sell me all these other surf spots that were along the way that were like, and I'd heard of those joints, but I was like, nah, that's not where we're going. We're going to this one. And so uh, I remember we stopped and um, I hadn't had lunch and I think my like my shoes were getting low or something and I was like to the dude, can we just stop at um, you know one of the stores and I, I want to get some some stuff. So I, I think I bought him a packet of biscuits and I bought myself a packet of biscuits and some and got us some drinks and just some shit to eat on the way. And uh, and so there we were off cruising again and um, I don't know how long we'd been driving for. We must have been driving for I reckon it was. And one and a half hours to two hours, but we'd gotten out there, and um, and and I just he 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 seemed cool, but uh, I, I I now makes sense why he was trying to sell me. Or we kept driving past like these turnoffs to surf spots, and uh, he kept trying to go, let's just go here, let's just go here, you'll be great, you'll have a great time. And I was like, nah, man, we're going, keep going. And anyway, I remember uh, I, I got my insulin out and I was giving myself a little uh, jab and smashing some cookies down. And um, and I looked up, I won't forget, and there was this just, we're in the middle of nowhere, I was on a dirt road, and there was this brand new F100 pickup. And... Uh, and standing around it were a bunch of dudes just fucking like strapped, like machine guns just hanging off them. And they were in civilian clothes with flak jackets and shit. And I was just like, like I nearly fucking, <laughs> I nearly choked. Uh, and, uh, and, and he, he, his demeanor just completely shifted. And I was like, fuck me drunk. Anyway, we, we just kept going, just put my head down, kept moving and, uh, he was sort of muttering to himself a bit. He was like, bad boys, they were bad boys. And I was like, bad boys? And he's like, bad boys. And um, and so anyway, we, we, we were driving along and 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 eating cookies. And um, all of a sudden, that F100 on this dirt road pulls up beside us. And there's two dudes in the back of it, like standing in the tray. And they've got machine guns. And there's two guys driving. They just pull up beside us. And we probably, I don't know how fast we're doing, 60 maybe, 70. Like we weren't doing 100. It was a shitty car on a shitty road. And this Effie just pulls up then pulls in front of us and just fucking shoots down the road and just burns off like in the dust. And it was just like, fuck, what was that? 
And the cab driver at this point, man, he's freaking. He's like, bad boys, they're bad boys, bad boys. I am fucking bad boys. Like, what the, what do you mean bad boys? And he's taking his wallet and he's stuffing it in his socks. Like, he's starting to hide shit around the car. And I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? And they're gone. They're out. They're out in the distance, gone. Can't see him anymore. A couple of minutes later, that same F100 just comes fucking flying back at us. It's it's coming straight on and then just fucking zooms past. It's just like, what the fuck is going on here? My spidey senses are starting to get a little like, <laughs> you know, that was, well, they're gone. Cool. And he, he'd stopped. He's like half chatter. He was like trying to do a bit of half chatter there for a while. And he, he pulled up on that. And um, so I was sort of just, that's yeah, cool. And then all of a sudden, that fucking F-100 pulls back up beside us again and does exactly the same thing. Sits beside us for a second, then speeds in front of us and then just fucking spins off into the distance. Same dudes in the backpack and it was like bizarre. It was like that moment in, uh, you know, like, uh, oh, what's that movie when they're really stoned at the start and they just think that, that the scene happens and then it happens again. It's like, you know, they're tripping on the same thing. But anyway, so I was sort of like, that's like... Uh, Deja vu is shit happening right there. And um, and so, sure enough, a few minutes later, same Effie banging straight back at us on dirt road, middle of fucking nowhere, streams past us and then shoots back the other way. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> and he's really starting to sweat it up now. I could just, his whole demeanor is shifting more. And anyway, I honestly didn't think that this is going to happen again, but it did. The fucking Effie pulls up beside us, right? And this time it doesn't just shoot off into the fucking distance. It just edges in front of us, puts its nose in front of ours and pushes us into the side of the ditch. And so we didn't crash. We just came to an abrupt stop in, in the ditch and they just pull up right in front of us and the two dudes in the back just raise their guns and point them at both of us and i swear to god i was so fucking scared and i was like oh my fucking god like i could tell i knew they weren't military i knew that they weren't cops i've I've spent a bit of time in mexico before this and i was just like my heart was just like i'm fucking cooked this is bad like i'm i'm Oh, I'm just, and I remember uh, then the so the passenger gets out and he comes around and he tells the driver to get the fuck out. The two dudes in the still in the back pointing guns at us, and and the driver comes around and tells the cab driver to get out of the car in 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 Spanish real fast. And uh, I'm just sitting there, just honestly, fucking petrified. And I could, I was trying, like you know, I've done years of 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 spanish lessons and uh they were going so fast i was picking up every like i don't know 10th word i kept hearing gringo i kept hearing uh you know gringo a lot (laughs) and i just was like my heart rate was going up and 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 i couldn't work out what they were talking about and and then the cab driver just turns to me and just starts looking stares straight at me and says get the fuck out get out and i'm like sitting in the passenger seat with two machine guns now on me and I'm just thinking, I don't want to get out of this fucking car. I just 
I don't want to get out of this fucking car and the cab driver's going, get the fuck out. And I was like, if I get open the door and I'm standing there on, on, on beside the fucking car with my hands in the air and I'm looking down, I'm just thinking, I'm fucking, they're going to smoke me right here. This is it, you fucking idiot. How does it, how does it come to this? And um, they're still they're still talking, and uh, and then the, I'm pretty sure the order went that the guy who was interrogating my driver um, got him to come around and open the boot, and so he opened the boot, and they were still going for it in Spanish, and I was still just looking down at the ground, and I was just thinking, I'm I'm fucked, and. He start. I could hear him going through my shit. I could hear him unzipping my bag. I could hear him unzipping my board bag, and I was just like, "Ah, oh, fuck!" And uh, and he, the guy who was the interrogator from the passenger seat, who also had a pistol, looks over at me. And before this happened, I, I snuck a peek at the guy on the right that was pointing the gun at me, and I looked at him, and I wish that I hadn't. Like his eyes were fucking dead. Like. I've never seen eyes like it. It was like this guy has fucking whacked many people. He just had that just, yeah, it was, it was frightening. So, um, so anyway, old mate at the back says to me, and this is when my heart sang for fucking joy. He goes, where are you from? Perfect English, like almost too good at English. And I just went, oh, in my head, I just went, motherfucker, this guy speaks English. I might be able to talk my way out of this. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Fuck, and I did, wasn't saying this out loud. I just went, um, I'm Australia. Uh, and he goes, and, and, and where are you going? And, and I told him the surf spot that I was going to. And he goes, ah, kangaroo, huh? And I was like, oh, fuck, okay, he's having a little laugh here. He's, had, he's, he's got the kangaroo thing going on, fucking go Australia. I'm not a gringo. I'm not a fucking, I was thinking this. And, I was, and, and then he said, ah, surfer, huh? He goes, fuck me. He, I don't remember exactly what he said, but he called me a dumb fucking surfer because of, of me being there in that circumstance. And, and at that point, I just, there's a little bit of like, yeah. Uh, the attention had dissipated out of the air a little bit and he then left and walked up to the driver of the car and they got on the radio i could hear them talking in spanish but i couldn't hear what they were saying and um and then he came back and he said something else to the taxi driver which i didn't pick up on and he went back again and then he came back and he just said get the fuck out of here and I've I'd never been so fucking relieved in um in my life. Like I couldn't believe it. He he got back in the driver's seat. They basically fucking did a burnout one eighty and just took off back to where they came from. And we were still on the side of the road and I remember just getting into the car, uh, and the cab driver had closed the boot and he got in and honestly we didn't talk for like Fucking, I don't reckon half an hour we didn't say anything. And then he just looks over at me and he goes, you're pretty scared, huh? <laughs> and I was like, fuck you, man. Like, you were fucking scared too, dude. Like, don't give me that shit. Yeah, I was scared, but you were scared too. And he was sort of like, 
having a half chuckle and I was sort of like, we were just in shock. I was in shock anyway. Maybe he, he, he'd he been in that circumstance before. He already knew they were bad boys. And so they were the Knights Templar uh, cartel. And so I've been held at Machine Gun Point by the Knights Templar cartel in... Um, in Mexico, and it's still one of my favorite countries. Honestly, I love Mexico and its people. Um, and so here's me. I didn't do my homework. Turns out there, there's a doco on on um, on the Michoacan state uh, at the time that I was there, and I, I flew into uh, essentially a war zone, and I didn't know it. But the Michoacan had been uh, was in was uh, what do you call it military. Uh, it was it was a, it was a military state at the time where they'd gotten all the cops were either dead or in jail because they were all corrupt. The military had taken over the state to fight the war on drugs in the Michigan, and I fucking had no idea. And I'd flown into this just green. Um, so then when we got to the next town, there was the big town that we had to get through to get it was to get where I was going, and uh, it reminded me of. Geelong is like an industrial Mexican town. You know, I had a big harbor. I've since found out the second most, uh, the second biggest harbor in Mexico, actually. And that's why there was a war going on because if you controlled that harbor, second biggest one on the west coast of Mexico, you controlled what was in, uh, essentially going in and out uh, and going all over the world. So it was, it was a power play. In the Michigan state, it's really hard to, um, you know, they only put a, a road through it north to south not that long ago. So all the hills are just filled with, um, uh, people who have been there forever and it's very hard to infiltrate now. Um, yeah, so when we got to that town, which was called Lazaro, uh, it was all, all uh, uh, just the police. There was no police. There was police cars, but the military were driving them. And I was just thinking, that's so weird. You know, I didn't really, I didn't find out any of this until... Uh, anyway, it was getting on dusk and we finally arrived where I was going and... There was nothing there, and I was like, "There's this little track going in, and it literally had grass between the two wheel tracks, you know, like in the middle." I was thinking, "There's no traffic getting in and out of here." Like, um, anyway, and I, I, I never forget. Uh, it was on sunset, and I just still didn't even know if I was at the right place or where I was. And um, we pulled in. I knew it was a bay. There was a beautiful bay, and I could tell there was a like a point set up in the far corner and i was like this has got to be it and um there was this um older american dude and just a busted up pair of boardies walking along the track with nothing on but boardies and he looked like you know he had a he, he'd been there a long time long hair just fucking black so tan just and i was like uh oh, excuse me um can you please tell me is this uh i don't want to get disclose the place because um I just don't. And uh, he was like, yeah, man, this is it. And this is, you're here. And I was like, fuck. The, 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 oh, the angels are looking down on me. And um, I said, I, I just need a bed. Like, where can I go and get get like uh, uh, just a bed for the night? And he was like, if you go, you go down the end of this track and, and you'll go past like a couple little hearts and there'll be some more hearts. And then you, uh, if you keep going, uh, on the, there'll be a house there. Ask for Helen. And, uh, and and she'll hook you up. And so we drove the cab down uh, into this area and uh, I got to that house and 
I got out and um, and I didn't want to let the cab driver go, you know, until like I knew that I had a, a bed, you know. I, I was a little bit sketched. Uh, um, and so uh, some dude came walking out of the house and I said, oh, excuse me, um, is, is Helen here? And then uh, he yells out, Helen, there's someone here to see you. And, and then another voice from inside the house goes, does he have an AK? <laughs> and I was just like, what the fuck? Where the fuck am I? You know, it's like, oh my God, I've just been held at machine gun point. These guys are asking if this person's got a machine gun. I don't have a fucking machine gun. I just need a bed. I just wanted to. <laughs> and uh, anyway, turned out Helen was awesome. Um, she'd been living down there for 20 years. Um, she had, a, uh, you know, a situation happening there where she had her kids and uh, her husband and um, yeah and she hooked me up with a bungalow and a bed and a room and I ended up uh, staying down there for three months it was just uh, I went up north to meet the family my brothers came too I mean it was trying to get them in there without them knowing what was happening uh, I, I, I wish I could remember the name of the documentary but they were late on the plane and they had to do that drive at night and I was so late. I was fucking fretting and I didn't tell them because I knew if I had told them that they, they wouldn't have come, you know, um, and that already booked. So it was sort of like, but I, I since realized now that uh, the, the problem was it was because I crossed the state line and I came in in a cab that had the, the other state's plates. So they don't like, you know, it'd be like driving Vico to New South Wales or whatever. Um, and so they were instantly on it. And because of the war was going on, people were smuggling guns into the Michigan and, um, and ambushing the cartels from internally. And so not only were they, the Knights Templar, fighting the, the, um, the, the army, but they were fighting in, uh, other um, cartels coming in and ambushing them from inside so people were smuggling guns into safe houses and then ambushing from these safe houses so they were checking the cars from out of state which was the cab that i was in and because i had the board bag with all the boards they thought it might have been filled with guns and that's why though what's why we got pulled over and why what what happened um but uh you know there was a few sketchy things that went down in that trip but Honestly, it's one of the more memorable times um, that I've had. I just, I just loved that time in Mexico and like uh, the rawness of it and the people that I met. I just met. It was just, you know, amazing, amazing lifelong friends from that journey. And um, and uh, yeah, so and I went up to the uh, spent Christmas with the family, and uh, then I was just like, you know what, I'm not ready. I'm and I got back on a bus and I went back down there, um, and and hung out for another month until the seasons essentially changed and the surf just stopped. And um, yeah, yeah, shout out to you, Johnny, if you're listening to this. Um, and uh, <laughs> oh fuck. Anyway. Uh, that's 30 minutes. There's a short story for you. Um, I hope you've enjoyed that. Uh, and um, I hope you're well out there, where wherever you are. I know it's wild times, but um, for me, I've found just plugging in on a, on a different level and putting my head into other things that aren't media related at the moment have been helping my sanity a bit. So 
Um, depending on how this is received, I suppose, you know, I've got a fair few little yarns and stories up my sleeve until I can get somebody else um, to sit face to face with them and, and interview them. I don't know, maybe I'll tell a few more stories, but uh, until next time, I hope you're well out there in the wide world and um, I'll see you on the flip side. Adios. Adios.